people. It may be a plate with a bunch of things that don't go together, but it's one meal. (laughs) (laughs) I can sense that. (laughs) Welcome back to Reason Together, the podcast for Christians who think about stuff. I'm Thomas, here as always with my good friend Daniel. Good morning. Morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Doing well. Yes. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Looking <laughs> looking forward to jumping into it again. I just, um, yeah. Yeah. We've good. got a lot of things uh, this morning. If 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 we kind of got to them all, it would be sort of a popcorn type episode. So I don't, <laughs> yeah. we'll have to see how this goes. And it'd be about but... seven and a half hours long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. But uh, before we, we bore you for the next seven and a half hours, <laughs> um, before we do anything else, we want to thank our patrons this morning over at patreon.com slash reason together. Those are the people who have decided to voluntarily uh, and generously uh, donate of their their funds to help support this podcast uh, and their dollars go towards supporting our technical editor and blog editor and our uh, actual audio editor um, and paying for our domain hosting and all the other things that help keep the lights on uh, at Reason Together. Uh, so we do appreciate all of you uh, as patrons. We do have some new patrons to announce, by the way. We do. Uh, which is a thing that we do. When we get new patrons, we we give them an announcement here on an episode. And we've got three yes. <clears throat> yep. uh, this morning to announce. Um, our latest two elite patrons are Josh and Michael. Um, Welcome so, on board. And thank you very much, guys. Yes. And, uh, and, and a third patron that we have, uh, at, I think at the, at the premium premium level, I, I can't remember which level is, uh, my mother-in-law, yeah. Mary. So, uh, she is now on board as a patron of this podcast. Mary, so thank you as well. <laughs> all of you now, now Josh and Michael, uh, like I said, they joined at the elite level. So they get the after show bonus episode, right? If you would be interested in listening to that, um, you can become a patron too. patreon.com slash reason together. Join at the elite level and you'll get the after show bonus episodes. Yeah. And you've mentioned before that it's kind of more laid back. And yet at the same time, it's not like we're just sort of like just talking about silly, ridiculous yeah. stuff in the after show while we might sort of seem laid back yet. We're still having a conversation. And so there's more there, content to yeah. be had there. And that's neat. To there's consider. something different about it. Mm-hmm. I, I can't put my finger on it. And maybe it's just because we know we're speaking to a, a an audience that's less than the general public. We're speaking to a, a small elite group of people <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, it just feels more, more homey uh, in a sense. Um, so in that sense, it's different, but it's, it's also kind of the same, but more. <laughs> <laughs> so all that. Yeah. And uh, patrons, yeah. thank you. Thank you very much. It's exactly uh, the same, but different. <laughs> right. It's like where we're uh, alone together. Uh, anyway, um, and so uh, <laughs> if you have any thoughts about um, questions you've had, maybe maybe feedback about other um, episodes that we've had or just something that comes to your mind, you think, you know, how do we balance that or how, what is the connection there or does God care about this particular area of life? Uh, feel free to send us that. And we'd be glad to consider it and bounce it around sure. and reason uh, together through it. It's not like we promise all the answers, but we try to provide a model of what's it like to talk with a friend where, where, you're, where you're inputting back and forth and not, you know, giving the wide-eyed, jaw-dropped, you're a heretic uh, look at, at yeah. your friend, you know. It's to, to, to truly consider these things. And our uh, email address, reasontogetherpodcast at gmail.com. So if you have a thought, uh, it, it sounds long, right at first, reasontogetherpodcast at gmail.com. But you do it the first time, your computer memorizes it, and the next time you have a thought, you start going, R-E, boop, and there's the address, and boom, you, you're, yeah. uh, you're off and running, and you can and interact with us. Yeah, and we have received feedback from quite a few people uh, about this podcast that they they find themselves answering the podcast <laughs> with real, us in while time, they're listening right? to it <laughs> yeah. in real time. Yeah, that's great. Uh, because you know, and they've said, "I don't have anyone that I do that with that I can just bounce things back and forth without the fear of being called a heretic <laughs> or loony." Um, <laughs> so I find myself answering the podcast and sometimes almost just like out, like shouting out things as I'm <laughs> as I'm listening. You know, and, and and that's one of the things people, I guess, like about this sort of. Uh, 
uh, odd genre of two dudes talking yeah. about stuff. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> if you'd like to join the conversation, that's reason together podcast at gmail.com. All right. Enough of that. Let's, okay. uh, get into something here. Yes. Well, one of our, um, one of our uh, recent uh, steps we've been able to take is to hire a blog editor. Uh, and, mm-hmm. um, and that has been a relief to us that we can start getting back to the thing that we really enjoy doing here. And that is talking and writing, um, you know, it's communicating and without having to deal with the, the technicals of it. And, uh, and that being said, I wanted to, our editor's doing a good job and we had invited a number of men to, to write for us. So it's not just us writing the articles. And I, I wanted to have other men and even seasoned men, um, you know, men who have more age and experience and, uh, and that doesn't always translate into wisdom. <laughs> we trust with ours that it, that it does. But, um, uh, but anyway, so I just wanted to remind you about the blog post uh, or blog and, and, uh, and just reference a few articles that we've had here since eh, a little bit before Christmas time, we had um, a, uh, a post by Floyd Yoder on victimhood. And boy, that's really something mm. in our generation, isn't it? Victimhood, the whole yeah. concept of am I a victim and things like that. So you can, you can kind of peruse that one. Then uh, after the new year, we had one, uh, no risk it, no biscuit. <laughs> and I had, <laughs> I saw on uh, my Facebook page, there was, um, there was one, I don't know if there was a couple, three responses, but there was one response that was kind of unique. And it was one of those that where emojis don't communicate enough. Like, so, right. so you're, you're left going, well, what, what does that mean? <laughs> because it wasn't a thumbs up and it, um, and it wasn't, um, well, I don't know what else you'd have. You know, like it wasn't like a it, cussing purple yeah. unicorn or something like that. It was, it was like a surprised face. Right. It was something. like this wide eyed, like what? Yeah. And then you're assuming like, they clicked the right one. <laughs> yeah, that could be it. Like they meant to say, Hey, nice article. And they're like, what? And then we're left going, what? Well, what did they think? Well, what was the what part? But anyway, um, so it didn't really leave conversation. It left an emoji, but okay, that's fine. Um, and of course, that was taken from a uh, a famous coach of Tampa Bay Buccaneers saying, "No risk it, no biscuit," uh, mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, but he gets to talking about faith, and you can read the you know the content for it yourself. But it got he 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 teases the question in the article um, that I think is a good question: is essentially is faith a risk? Now, are you are you asking? Yeah, me or are I'm you... kind of throwing that out to you. What what? Okay. What do you think? I mean, because he he kind of goes on and, and basically treats it as a risk <clears throat> um, yeah. from a and, and he makes the distinction from a human standpoint. Yes. From God's no, I guess. But let's let's tease that out a little bit more. OK, well, I'm, I'm just going to start talking and, and see what comes out <laughs> and uh, see what happens. Um, I, I would have to at first blush think that that um, faith can involve risk mm-hmm. um doesn't necessarily always involve risk but i think it can because when i think about what risk is it's the absence of certainty right okay good and, good yeah <laughs> and faith faith doing something by faith whatever it might be if you're going forward and doing this thing by faith there is a point at which you don't know how it's going to turn out but you know the lord wants you to do it so, and, and, and we obviously know that there are times the Lord leads a Christian to do something where the outcome is seemingly bad, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> where it's like, I get injured or my life falls apart and all these sorts of terrible things happen, but yet there's something in the, in the sovereign plan of God that works that out in the end. Um, so, you know, when we look at the possibility that, yes, I can do something for the Lord and seemingly tragic things could still happen according to his plan but I go forward anyway. Yeah. I'd say there is an element of risk, uh, involved in faith because if, if it was certainty, then I don't think it is faith anymore. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yes. Uh, and I think what well, was it? I can't put my finger right on the passage, but was it Paul that dealt with that either in Romans or Galatians or something? Basically, if it's faith, I guess maybe he was talking faith and works, but it's a similar deal where right. if it, if it's certainty, you know, then but but I would yeah. make this distinction that 
certain things are at risk, certain things are not. Um, because if we properly understand mm -hmm. faith, uh, which many people do not, many people do not, I'm sure, because faith is this very right. arbitrary, nebulous thing. Or even in the Christian realm, you know, faith is, you know, believing what you can't see. Well, that's not a great definition. When faith at its core is basically, uh, uh, I, the way I've learned it, you know, is causing firmness to something, which may sound kind of foreign, kind of strange, but basically it's recognizing, it's, it's, it's telling yourself, yes, that thing is firm, okay? That thing is trustworthy and reliable. So mm -hmm. when we have faith in God, we're saying God is reliable. And so that thus we rest on him, we walk in him, we obey him, mm -hmm. we, we, we give everything to him because he is reliable. Um, now, so, so that to me isn't the risk. It's not like, oh, I hope God's reliable. No, faith is, he is reliable. Right, well... But, I mean, I can't help but think of Hebrews 11, right? I yeah. mean, what do we do with that where it says that faith, you know, the second half of the verse there, I think it's verse one, it might be, of Hebrews 11, mm -hmm. no, that faith, faith is the, the evidence of, of things, things not, not seen. seen. So, so like a lot of people will look at that and say, see, faith is just blind, but yet the word evidence is used there. There mm -hmm. is evidence mm -hmm. of something that is not seen. And that's kind of how people move through life <laughs> uh, is evidence yes. of things not seen. But, so it's, it's hard to to think of of faith as always involving an element of, you know, knowing everything with certainty. Well, right. And I think about um, the, what we call the three Hebrew boys. I think they weren't really boys. They were men, you know, three, three young, mm -hmm. young men, maybe, but men and, um, and the fiery furnace. You remember that interaction, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us and he will deliver us or something like that. But if not, you know, but if not, right. we will we will not bow down. So what was what was the risk there? What was uncertain was what the outcome of this was going to be. What was not uncertain was what we ought to do and who God is. Um, right. It's absolutely sure. rock solid that there is a God. He's he's absolutely, you know, preeminent and we ought to obey him. What's uncertain yeah. is exactly how this thing's going to play out. Yeah. And so that like you were well, saying, it's the idea that whatever whatever he does permit to happen here is going to be right. Yes, the right <laughs> there, and the best. There's no uncertainty about that. Right. There you go. And so that's the part of the faith that says, I know God well enough to know that the things I don't know or understand, I can leave with him. So there is a risk element and a non-risk element to faith. Um, so that was, you can read that post for yourself. And then um, sure. uh, Pastor Largent had written an article for us. In fact, this is second of maybe what's going to be three parts because he's dealing uh, with and, you know, an interesting and a sensitive issue, and you, you can't just, you can't encapsulate it in, in 800 words, you know, obviously, uh, a major consideration like that. And I, uh, and I appreciate, uh, as I've read through, I've realized, oh, okay, that's a neat way to say that. Or, uh, you know, he'll, he'll come at it from different angles. It's not just, okay, here's party line. This is what I read out of a systematic theology mm -hmm. book. Um, you know, here's a man who's thought yeah. through the issue. And specifically, we're talking about you know, how is it that, I guess we would say it's kind of the uh, sovereignty, free will discussion to some degree, I guess. He, he maybe frames it with different wording and things like that. Um, but, mm -hmm. you know, touching on how, well, how does the Bible say this and yet the Bible says that? And how does the Bible say this and the Bible says that? And, and, um, and we like that. I mean, we like to say, okay, well, what about this verse over here? And this verse over here, and I don't know that we'll get it to it today, but there was there was uh, one of our um, you know, supporters wrote in and said and, and gave us a response to one of our other episodes and said, OK, here you got this verse and you got this verse. And they look like they're saying the opposite thing, you know, on this issue that we had talked about. Um, mm -hmm. Well, that's good to be able to take the verses and then to, to, to weigh them in your mind. So anyway, you can read that's called Asking the Fundamental Question. If you look into last year, you'll find the first part, and, uh, and then this is the second part. Um, the one part that stood out to me that I wanted to mention was, um, uh, was a, a comment on Ephesians 2a, and this is probably a somewhat commonly held, um, a commonly held belief, if you will, or a statement that's not, uh, not infrequent necessarily. 
Um, but it mm-hmm. says Ephesians 2.8 states that even our faith is his gift. And I, I personally would clarify that, that that actually is not what the verse is saying. Um, that, you know, Ephesians 2.8, when it says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Uh, it is not. It is not saying either that uh, that uh, the grace or the faith is the gift. I believe it's speaking uh, as a whole. The salvation itself is a gift, and that's borne out mm-hmm. um, in in the Greek by looking at the tenses of things and the grammar of it, which is you know, just like English grammar. You know, indicates certain things and requires um, requires agreement of certain words. Uh, so you can see it okay. in, in that as well. Um, that that's a point so, I want to make. Because, but anyway, sure. We, appreciate. I have a question. So, I I mean, so you're saying that it is possible using the Greek grammar to tie the antecedent of it is the gift to the word saved in that verse? Like it's, it's solid. Like you can tie it to that word saved. Um, that's not salvation is the gift. My my argument more is actually that you cannot tie it to grace or faith. Um, Right. So, right. uh, for by grace, because see in the verse that are ye saved is a verb. So, you know, an antecedent isn't going to be a verb. Um, you know what I mean? A noun to a pronoun, uh, is how, is how that works. Mm-hmm. But so the nouns that you have are for by great, for a grace, are ye saved through faith? Um, and it is the gift of God. Well, what is the it? You know, that's the question. Well, uh, are ye saved is a verb. <clears throat> so in theory, it doesn't connect directly to that word as as a grammatical thing, but as mm-hmm. but but ruling out that it's grace and faith because they're a different gender of a word. Uh, it's not saying you know uh, grace is the gift or faith is the gift, but uh, then you say, well, so, what is so it? We well, what's that verse talking about? Well, it's talking about that salvation by grace through faith. <laughs> so we can't tie the antecedent to saved or to grace or to faith. Correct. Okay. So it's impossible to tie that, that to any word in the immediate context. Uh, Correct. As far as my understanding of that goes. Yep. So then obviously you have to take. So I mean, me being a guy who's not like great at Greek grammar, (laughs) is there a solid answer then to say, well, what is, what is the gift that that verse is talking about? Well, to me, there it to me it is, um, because um, wh- what's it talking about? You know, I mean, yeah, obviously, at some point, you have to be able to logically just say, well, uh, okay, what what is being expressed here? Um, in fact, let well, me. He could be talking about grace. He could be talking about faith, or he could be talking about the whole package of salvation. Right. Which, since grace right? and faith are eliminated as as opportunities, then you're left with the third. What, what do you mean eliminated as opportunities? Uh, when you say, well, it doesn't refer back to grace and it doesn't refer back to faith because of the um, disagreement, if you will, in the grammar, you know, uh, the disagreement of the, what is it? Uh, agenders. Agenders. Then you're left with the third okay. option. And I don't know what other okay. option you'd have, you know. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a real quick look while we're studying just to double check um, what I'm saying here to give you more. Um, sure. More specific. And, and I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm no, not disagreeing no, I'm with you. That, I'm glad you're <clears> I just. Uh, I just with with thinking through it, you know, I'd like to be able to know if we can tie that uh, phrase "it is the gift" to any particular antecedent. And from what I understand of it, it doesn't appear that we can tie it to a particular antecedent. Um. There. Mm-hmm. Um. And I guess the disagreement comes, and, and I don't think there's any slam dunk argument here on either side of the, the issue, because it is a debated subject. I don't think there's a slam dunk argument on either side, personally. Um, uh, yeah, I do more when so. thinking but... about the issue, <laughs> well, I, I mean, from, from the standpoint of a guy who's not like trained classically in mm-hmm. learning Greek, and I listen to the arguments from both sides, I don't find either side to be super definitive um just listen if i was the guy that people were to try to convince you know Mm -hmm. um to try and use grammar and say well this ties to this well i mean as as it's being explained to me it doesn't sound convincing on either side um but again i'm not disagreeing with you Mm -hmm. um 
I'm simply saying, I don't think it's, I think it's more complicated than people make it out to be. It's, it's not just like, boom, the grammar says this done argument over. You know, I don't, I don't think it's quite like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I do. And my question would be like, why don't you think it's like that? I mean, maybe it's not like well, that because... in every situation, but, uh, but then I have to ask, well, why if, you know, how, you know, well, if, because if you had said saved as a says, verb, right, right. Mm-hmm. You'd said saved as a verb, right? So we can't necessarily tie. It is the gift to actually to, to the verb, right? It's part of it, but said? it's a verbal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. But then we also can't tie it to grace or faith because of the mismatched genders. Correct. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my, my rudimentary way of looking at that is saying, well, it's not really easy to tie it to either particular word, right? You know, grace, faith, or saved. That's all I'm saying. To me, it, it's not like a slam dunk on one side or the other. <clears throat> Because I mean, on one hand, you have the argument of those saying, well, grace, well, faith is the gift. God, in a sense, makes people have faith who didn't want to. And, and I don't think that's true, right? Right. God doesn't force faith on someone who doesn't want to, to have it, right? And, and I don't want to speak for Largent because I don't know the man's entire mind, but from what I've read of his, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem that he's saying that either, that he forces faith on people who don't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, he's, he, he's welcome to clarify that if he wishes, but right. I, I doubt yeah, he's, I'm, he's I'm not saying, saying that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you know, on the other side of it is those would say, well, salvation is the gift. And that's classically how we've looked at that. Mm-hmm. And I have no problem accepting that. Cause I, I think that's, that's supportable, right? <laughs> right. That's supportable sure. by scripture. <laughs> that salvation is a gift, right? It's not something you earn. It's given. Um, but yet then someone would come back if they're, you know, playing devil's advocate and say, well, isn't, isn't faith part of the whole package of salvation? And then there's a whole nother debate that opens, <laughs> right? So all I'm saying is it's, n- it's not, it's not a slam dunk. I don't think it doesn't feel like one to me. Mm-hmm. And I, and I know slam dunks. I like slam dunks. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't feel like it. And I kind of see what you're saying. Although to me, it's yeah, pretty pretty well like well what's what's my other option you know um right and it's not that you have yeah, and, and not that you're trying to twist it like oh uh, if i if you see it this way and maybe take this word to mean it's just kind of like well grammatically those two things don't match and that is what has to happen typically you know i mean that's the way the the, the, yeah. the language works and so obviously god meant something what did he mean by that um and uh and so i i think when i'm not saying that he's claiming that uh, God forces faith on people, but if you're just looking at the English statement, I can see why somebody would think that. Could say, uh, sure. "It is the gift of God." Well, well, oh, oh, the faith—that's the gift of God. But then, what does that mean? You know, He commands me to do something only uh, that He gives me the ability to do, and He doesn't. You, you know, and so, but He doesn't mm-hmm. apparently seem to give that ability to everybody, and yet He commands everybody to do that. You know, so it's like, wait, um, right? You know, yeah. so then even logically, but I mean, I'm, I'm just saying textually. We have to have confidence that we we do have, you know, we do have the words of God in the order that He gave them. You know what I mean? And and there's a grammar, there's mm-hmm. a structure to it. And so, uh, but I I think by slam dunk you just mean there's not an absolute connection where I can say, oh, this word right. ting ting goes, it, and it just sure. this equals this. Yes. Yeah, and and that's why debate over this verse continues today <laughs> because of the grammar. Because, you know, one side can make it say what they want it to say, and the other side can make it say what they want it to say. And, and that's like, like Pastor Dietrich always says, he's, he, when, when a guy says, oh, it's clear, it's just clear, it's this. Well, if it's clear, why is there still debate on the issue? Um, you know, that, that's all I'm saying. But I, I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing against what you're saying. I, I don't believe God forces faith on people right. yeah, who I do know. not want it. Um, I just, I think there's more more to this particular verse than than what we could really cover here (laughs) (laughs) all right well we've probably already bored a bunch of people (laughs) for for both of you still listening (laughs) yeah yeah anyway you can read that article yourself and uh, and read all of his other thoughts i just highlighting that one there but Keep keep an eye on the blog, and there's another uh, article coming out. Uh, well, actually, honestly, we're we're shooting for now for about one a week, aren't we? And um, yeah, 
one coming out soon uh, that I think will be of uh, significant interest to you. So keep your eye out uh, for that. Um, a fundamental yeah. misconception is uh, yeah. what we're what I'm looking at soon here. By the time this podcast is yes. out, it might, might <clears throat> match about the time that that post comes out. Yeah, it might. So, um, uh, what do we want to move on to here? Yes. Okay. Let me get over to my list here. Will we? I've I've got one. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> you had. So <clears throat> we were talking before the episode. It's not, it's not on the list yet. Okay. Yes. Oh, that's right. So <laughs> so here's what Tom does. I put them on and I say, "Don't peek," and that, of course, that's like drives me crazy. <laughs> like, oh, I can't, I can't, I can't look. I can't look at what the details are. Well, Tom like takes it one step further. Um. He just either one springs it on you and like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't add it to the list. Or <laughs> I say that because that's what he's doing today. And uh, or here's this one. He he puts it on without a label at all. I'm like, oh, hmm, I wonder what that one is. And I tap into it and there's no details. So it's like, yeah, no sure. Go ahead and look. And then you look and he's like, ha, 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 I didn't leave you any details. Uh, so so you can't prepare. <laughs> uh, we'll get to that. one yeah, that, later. That, that, that. Well, it's usually more like my brain is like, oh, this would be a good idea. But I'm like busy doing something. So I quickly <laughs> jot, jot it down and listen, run on with my day and uh, never add any. And then I look at the list and I'm like, what? <laughs> well, it's going to be an unfortunately, that's often what happens when I look at the list later. I look at it I'm like, yeah. what was I thinking when I wrote that? I don't know. Um, anyway, okay, so this one, yeah, I've got to ask this, this is not on the list, but it's, it's about the notion of psychosis. Okay. So like, there's been a lot of talk lately about something known as mass formation psychosis. Have you heard about this? Negative. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, no first... expert on this. So I'm not even going to try to elucidate on all the things that cause mass formation psychosis yeah okay but there's, Let me back there's up just a second like for a minute a minute go ago you're like right. for a guy that doesn't understand greek you know <laughs> grammar now now i'm going to switch seats with you and go okay number one you're going to have to um define psychosis and then talk to me about mass formation <laughs> psychosis so yeah. i know what we're talking about okay. here well psychosis is is kind of the idea of an acute or chronic mental state that is marked by a loss of contact with reality. Let's just say it that okay, way. Okay. I mean, um, in, in layman's terms, delusional. Some of those are crazy. But yeah, or delusional. I would prefer the word delusional yes, because it seems good. to be prone to delusions. And and by a delusion, it means you're seeing something other than reality, and you believe it's real. Yes. Okay. Okay. Right? So now this mass <laughs> and, formation psychosis. Mass formation psychosis. This has become a, a hot button issue that the big tech giants are fighting to suppress. Uh, in fact, there was a man who went on Joe Rogan's podcast uh, uh, talking about mass formation psychosis. Hmm. He was immediately discredited by the scientific community. In fact, it was soon after that I was listening to the Matt Walsh show and, and he said that soon after that episode, <laughs> you could go to Google and search for mass formation psychosis and you would get zero results. <laughs> which yeah but when do you ever Google, get zero right? yeah right <laughs> yeah and it would say it would Rather. say zero results it, it and it said below it like a note like please hang on while we try to find credible information on this topic wow so google was actively doing damage control to cover up the conversation about mass formation psych psychosis but it's kind of the idea of an entire swath of a population that suddenly becomes subject to a disconnection from reality about a particular thing or a set of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this guy on, on Joe Rogan's podcast explained different things that cause mass formation psychosis in a society. Uh, he talked about things like one issue that the public begins to hone in on. He talked about yeah. leaders who step in and claim to be the savior for that issue. He talked about mm. isolating people from each other uh, changing their normals to a different way of living. And what you eventually end up with is people with a complete disconnect from reality on that issue or series of issues. Which sounds kind of familiar um, as you're describing it. Yeah. Sure. He gave examples of it from history, for instance, Nazi Germany uh, and uh, and so on. But this guy was immediately just plunged into the abyss of, you know, the big tech giants trying to cover all of this up. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but it, it it dawned on me more um, last Sunday. So, so we had one of those rare Sundays where almost everybody 
that is associated with our church in one or another was there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm overreacting to this or not, but we still have probably a third or half of the people that were there that wear masks mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that don't need to. Okay. So I like by this point they're, they're vaccinated, there's therapeutics available. <laughs> the Omicron variant. Now the predominant variant is just a cold. Basically it's super mild. It's not really killing anybody. Um, and, 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 and there's just no reason for people to be afraid of this at all, mm -hmm. at all. In fact, that was the, the case a long time ago. And it's even more apparent now <coughs> to the point where even people in the left-wing news media are starting to now say the things that people like us have been saying all along, <laughs> you know, uh, very early on in the pandemic, like almost at the beginning, I wrote an article about masks and basically i didn't i hardly wrote it it was just providing people with <clears throat> links to mm -hmm. expert resources on masks all of them saying masks don't work for viruses um these that the masks do nothing so i, I i've been kind of against this whole mask thing from the very beginning mm -hmm. and it just kind of grieves my heart to go to church and see a bunch of people wearing these masks when it's even more clear than ever they don't need to and and they do nothing it's nothing more than a face decoration at this point and yet they're still doing it and and, and am i overreacting at this point for my heart to be grieved about the spiritual condition of someone who is living in paranoia and and under a psychosis of sorts now now i, I i'm not going to i'm not going to fault anybody for wearing a mask if they've got like actual physical conditions where they should, right? It, where they, where they believe they should. Okay. I mean, I'm still under the opinion that they'll still be fine <laughs> with Omicron and all of this. Right. Well, uh, for I the mean, most part, because my thought is if it doesn't actually work, then even if they have a physical condition and it doesn't stop a virus, then it really still isn't helping them. Right. I mean, there is right, no, it's there not is no helping. condition where they really actually need a mask. Right. Right. Very few conditions, I would okay. think. Um, so, but I'm talking about people who are, they're young, um, they're, and, and, and they're not all like super healthy, you know, mm -hmm. but at the same sure. time, it's still not killing that many people right now. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, the infection fatality rate of this thing is, is so low right now. It's comparable to the flu. Mm -hmm. And it's like, people never used to treat the flu like this. R right. Um, right. you know, sure. <laughs> and, and it's like. At, at this point, the number one risk factor is obesity, mm -hmm. and and yet the the people that 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 I I saw on Sunday that are coming are not doing anything to address that issue, right? But yet right. they'll wear the masks, and it's like it's it's frustrating to me because am I am I overreacting to think of this as a spiritual problem that that we're seeing Christians who who are responding to something <clears throat> with almost unending fanatical paranoia about an issue that really they should not be scared of at all at this point. Now, I, I, I want to be, be sensitive here because are there still people who are getting very, very sick and, and even dying of this virus? Yes. Sure. Yes, there are. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I'm not trying to, to undermine the grief of those people or the struggle of those people, but it's, it's a very small minority right now. The vast majority of Christians don't need to to really be afraid of this. Well, so I, I, I guess I'm just kind of frustrated as yes. all that mm -hmm. half the church shows up wearing masks. Mm -hmm. And in my heart, I just want to say something. <laughs> right. right? And I can understand that. Yes. I, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's totally an overreaction to be grieved by that. I, I don't know that I would, I, I wouldn't tie it directly to a spiritual cause in every situation, I would just say, you know, you don't get your information from the right place, you know, or you need to, yeah. you need to stop listening to so-and-so because yeah. they listen to a certain source and then they're like, oh, wow, man, this is really a problem. And this is a problem. And obviously it's who they listen to. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not, but if you're addressing the fear issue, even, even if, if it, I don't know, even if it was the right source and, and it was an issue to fear and dread it and to do this, well, that could be a spiritual issue too. So, I mean, I think there is kind of two well, things at play, but to be grieved with it, I, I mean, I relate with you. <laughs> I guess what makes it seem like a spiritual issue to me <clears throat> is that even if they are getting their information from left-wing news sources, mm -hmm. 
even even the left wing news sources now are are coming out saying things that the the masks are just kind of stupid at this point. Uh, not not all of the left wing sources, but really? a lot of them now are kind of on board with this idea that we should get back to normal now. Really, and yet we still have Christians. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I've seen several articles this week of people on CNN, uh, even Bill Maher, that vile you mm-hmm. know quote unquote comedian, mm-hmm. uh, is coming out against the whole COVID restriction thing. Uh, it's it's happening, you know, and 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 the CDC and and uh, even Fauci have all in the last month or two come around to agree with things that conservatives have been saying for a long time now, which is a little concerning. Um, there must be something else at play. <laughs> well, they're like, oh, well, new information has come out, and now we know that the masks really aren't effective, and you know they'll say things like that. You know, the CDC director called cloth masks face decorations. After two years of saying, if you don't wear one of those, you're killing your grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, the new and there's no new information that's come out about it. There's no new information. Mm-hmm. They're just, they're tired of it now too. So they're trying to come around now to say what conservatives have been saying without admitting that conservatives have been saying it all along. It'd be fair to say they're um, saving faith. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> but I guess to, to see even, even news media on the left is starting to cool on this issue of COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. To see Christians who might be getting their information from there still, still. insisting mm-hmm. on quarantining for two weeks because someone at their job got it and they had an outbreak at their job. So now you're going to stay home from church for two weeks. Yeah, You right. didn't get it. You right. were just exposed to someone who had it. You have no symptoms, but yet you're going to quarantine for two weeks. Right. You uh, could, this you just could seems get it at this and be point. over it in, in two <clears throat> weeks, possibly. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just yeah. many people for that same time. Well, I'm going to quarantine for two weeks, then I'll go back to work, maybe be exposed again, come home and quarantine for two, you know, whatever. Yep. Um, so, yeah. okay. So what may, that makes me think is when you're saying it's a spiritual issue that I, I it, am I understanding you to basically say the spiritual issue is that they're not thinking. They're, they're yes. just, okay. So, um, if they're not thinking well, people and, and obvi- that means in a certain analytical way, they take information and they can actually reason through it and go, no, wait a minute. You know, how do, what would be on the flip side of that? What would be your recommendation to develop thinking people? Not, not just news. I mean, you know, wouldn't it kind of go across the board that if you develop people to think it's going to affect every area of their life. <laughs> I mean, that would be like me asking, I want you to sum up the entire theological system of the Bible in like one answer. Um, that, I might give you two minutes. Tick, tick, tick. Right, right. No, it's kind of like, kind of like when you, when you are in a friendly debate with an atheist or a humanist or something like that, there's so much precursory information that they have never even considered. That to start making arguments, it's almost like you have to back them up to like first grade and right. start making this argument and this uh-huh. argument and this yeah. argument before you can even get to the main point that you're looking to argue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying, how do you develop a thinking Christian people, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you almost have to go way back to the beginning. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. And start building at the foundation. Yes. It's the foundations of discipleship, just the mm-hmm. simple things of the Christian life. And, and ultimately, I don't think it's an intellectual issue. You know, are there facts I can teach them from the Bible that will help them right. uh, with this? Perhaps maybe a few, but ultimately, I think it, Proverbs 28.5 um, has to be kind of the guiding principle. Um, let me pull that up real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, because what you're talking about is not an unthinking Christian necessarily. Um, well, I, I guess I shouldn't say that. You you are kind of talking about an unthinking Christian, someone who's living in paranoia and fear of this this COVID thing at this point. But I was thinking of, of Proverbs 28, 5. It says, evil men understand not judgment. Okay. So that, it's talking about discernment. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like someone who is morally evil, their discernment is bad. That's, that's what that verse is saying. Evil okay. men understand not judgment or discernment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's a direct connection between an immoral person and their ability to discern. And I think that's what we've seen with Dr. Fauci and Rochelle Walensky and 
you know, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, all these other people pushing these COVID restrictions, they're not thinking. They don't have good discernment. They don't know how to apply statistics properly, despite the fact that the data is right in front of their face. Um, <clears throat> they understand not judgment. But then the second half of that verse says, but they that seek the Lord understand all, all things. things. Mm-hmm. Now, what that's not saying it's not saying that those that seek the Lord become experts in all things. Mm-mm. It's not saying that. That's impossible. You can't become an expert in mm-hmm. everything. I'm mm-hmm. not an epidemiologist, right? But I can have discernment in all things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be able to hear and parse the information and data that I receive and know what is right and know what is not. Mm-hmm. So I think when you're having Christians who are still living in paranoia of this, I'm not, I'm not talking about those who are taking sensible precautions. Right. I'm talking sure. about just the, the outrageous paranoia and fear of this at this point when there's so many therapeutics available now um, that, you know, <laughs> they're, that they're trying to be hush about <laughs> in mm-hmm, the media. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to know there's therapeutics. Um, you know, when there's so many options available to, to, to make this thing better, and it's, it's much milder than original. For Christians to be paranoid about this right now, it's not an intellectual issue. It's that they are not God-seeking people. They're not. They they, they don't. They don't seem to understand the fear of the Lord. They don't seem to right. uh, to be seeking after the knowledge of God personally, mm-hmm. because they seem to have no discernment in this matter. And it well, and it goes it goes both ways. I, I think um, that for many, they they don't have discernment because of a series of choices in which they didn't want discernment. And now they've, in, in essence, lost an ability to have discernment. <clears throat> and and mm-hmm. that, that loss of discernment and moral evil just are sort of a spiral. You know, they're sort of a loop. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it's not that they can't have good judgment or that they never had the opportunity to have good judgment. Like, well, you know, can't blame them for being evil because they don't have good judgment. No, they didn't mm-hmm. want the good judgment. So, right. yes, trying to spark an interest in them. And the verse I thought of as you were talking was Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, yeah. get wisdom and with all thy getting, get understanding. So say, okay, here's a foundational thing. In life, you need to be seeking knowledge and understanding, understanding God's design. And that, and that applies to every aspect of life that yeah. uh, you, you can't just, you can't, other people just can't be feeding you all the time. You have right. to be analyzing what's he saying. What consider the source? Uh, what you know? What's the source of authority there? Where's that coming from? Does that make sense? Yeah. Does that correlate to the other things that I learned? How does you know? How does that compare with scripture? You know, I mean, there's there, you got to yeah, be analyzing so, these things. So, what is what is a pastor to do? What is a church member even to do in a day where you go to church and half the people are? subject to mass formation psychosis mm-hmm. and they're paranoid and they're not seeking the Lord. They're instead afraid of something they don't have to be afraid of. You know, when, when, when you're a pastor and you deal with, you know, if you even mention the issue of uh, separateness in music or separateness in apparel, I mean, you're going to lose people. Mm-hmm. That's just a fact. You're going to lose people because you've mm-hmm. touched on a subject that is highly personal to them. Mm-hmm. And if they don't agree with it, they feel like you're attacking their person. Well, it's like the issue with masks is like that times a thousand. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, you could you could talk about music and clothing, you know, nowadays, you know, all you want, you might lose somebody. But I'm telling you, if you talk about masks and you got someone who's wearing a mask all the time, they're gone. I mean, they're gone out the door immediately because they feel like you have attacked their intellect now. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, you have. You have attacked their discernment. Well, You've attacked their, their spirituality and, by saying they shouldn't be doing that. Well, so what's a pastor to do? Do you let this go on? Well, I think on, one comment on the flip side of what you're saying is they'll not only you know maybe feel attacked, but they will see you as what the way we see them. He's crazy. He doesn't understand right. all the knowledge out there. He doesn't understand what everybody's right. saying. And he's just he's yep. just this guy that's just... Uh, you know, out there doing whatever he wants, and he doesn't realize that you know we've got a major issue going on here. We got we got wear masks. Mm-hmm. You know, you're crazy. Yeah, where we're like, no, you think you're stupid. Actually, um, so what's a pastor to do? <laughs> well, I would say a couple um, at a really rudimentary level here, I guess. Again, foundational. 
<laughs> is your your pastoring and your your okay a large part of pastoring we step back here pastoring is essentially um uh, at least the role of pastor is a, a combination of three words or concepts in scripture you know overseeing um example if you will the elder and the idea mm-hmm. of feeding Feed. feeding and leading that's the idea of pastoring feeding and leading so i think number we need to kind of consider um is our preaching feeding and i know we've mm-hmm. developed into a whole um um cultural understanding of what good preaching is but mm-hmm. we got to be careful that it's um and e- even when we say uh, well i i know i know it's not a performance yet there may still be in our mind sort of a um a structure that the way we see preaching is i've got to do this and and when i get down there like man pastor's a good yeah. preacher like he's a speaker he really knows how to grab your attention and move but but you have to step back then and say but did he did he really take the word of god break it down so that i can digest it and understand it and learn it so if right. we go if we if we focus on the fact that we need to feed our people if it's taking a passage of scripture and then we begin to question their assumptions and it's not like mm-hmm. it has to be this big flamboyant grand thing it's it's by these this I say simple, and that's not quite the word I'm looking for, but this breaking down of scripture and then applying it to their thought process and questioning some, you know, some of some of their assumptions. We we all enter into life with a set of assumptions or into every mm-hmm. you know situation with the things so, we've learned and thought that we knew. And now we now we confront it with the word of God, which causes them to go, hmm, I I yeah, believed well, that for a long time, and that's not right. If they hmm. do that. What's that? If if they do that, if they if they at all question their assumptions, which mm-hmm. they don't typically, um, at least not many people do. I think it's a rare person that will listen to preaching that deals with the heart issue and actually question their own assumptions. I think that's rare. Mm-hmm. I think what more oftentimes happens is that people will not get it until you put a fine point on it. And and I say this as someone who has literally in the last two years preached on Proverbs twenty eight five. <clears throat> on this this matter of uh, seeking the Lord and understanding all things. I have preached on the matter of faith over fear. Mm-hmm. I've preached on the matter of wisdom and discernment. I've preached on the matter of not trusting uh, experts that are immoral people because they don't understand judgment. I mean, these are issues I've talked about, and it's like people still don't get it until mm-hmm. I put a fine point on it. But if I put a fine point on it, that's the moment where they're like, oh, forget this pastor. He's crazy. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like what I'm asking is how fine a point do you put on it? Do you is it do you yeah. want to get up in front of people and say, okay, folks, be done with the masks, let's move on? <laughs> yeah, I would no, I I personally wouldn't. I would um be one that's um more reticent, I guess, uh, at least at the outset, to make applications too pointed. Um we have to we have to um you know, ask ourselves what you know, we have. We have to give people time to grow. We have to ask, you know, what is the Holy Spirit's responsibility here? And I could think of uh, situations where, let's say, we're talking music, uh, and here's like ne- not necessarily a wise thing to do all the time, which preachers maybe have done in the past. You know, you kids listening to this group and this group and this group, they're wicked. Don't listen to them. Well, in two years, you got to name different groups. Because if that's what you labeled was the group, you still didn't teach them to think per se. Mm-hmm. You you labeled something for them. They oh he says that's bad. Even if they obey, um, okay, I'll get rid of that. But what? Why was it bad? You know. So again, teaching them the why. And so, in a medical perspective, I'd say we could question. We could throw it out there to say, um, you know, there's so many areas of life. But even consider all the information that we know about you know, health and disease and, and what's going on in our country. Do we really know what we think we know? Do we need to be doing this? Do we, you know, and, and so you're sort of bringing it to the table without mm-hmm. saying, look, people, if you wear masks, you just need to get over it and blah, blah, blah. Because it's just, just like we would look back on our own lives and say, yeah, boy, growth took a long time. Or there was a certain time when all of a sudden I realized, wait a minute, you know, or I, I grew in that step and something that I, had heard, I don't know how many times, finally clicked, and then I made that step. Well, 
you have to afford them that growth too and not get them all on the same page right now. Just have to point the ship mm-hmm. in the right direction. Get them to at least thinking and sort of you're sort of pushing on it. You're questioning it. You're getting to challenge. But also there's there's multiple issues at play. And yes, while the face masks mm-hmm. can be grieving or it's irritating, um, there may be dehumanizing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there really may be more important spiritual issues at play and and that will come into the mix eventually um yeah so and i I know it's i mean i i guess it just seems to me at this point you know we're two years in to 15 days to slow the spread now (laughs) and that's the longest two weeks of my life (laughs) right yeah i mean even left-wing people are coming out now against covid restrictions it's it's happening all around the country. There was just a major th- uh, thing in D.C. Thousands of people marched against mandates and COVID restrictions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, even people on the left are starting to get on board with being done with this stuff. It's it's It almost seems kind of ridiculous at this point after preaching and hinting at the subject of discernment about this for two years. It's like, are people ever going to get it? And it's like, at a certain point... How, uh, you almost have to put the fine point on it. <laughs> you know, it's like, how long do you wait? You may feel you like put the it, fine point. And on yet it? you have to ask the question that when you say, how long until they get it, if you put the fine point <laughs> on it, you're assuming they'll get it. And in, in the process, you may just lose them and they still don't get it. Um, mm-hmm. So I can't say that putting that, like if, if they just, under, you know, if I just said it clearly, they, they would get it. No, not necessarily because you're arguing against a whole set of, thoughts in their mind that have to make sense that have to be undermined so um i yeah i mean i can understand wanting to say something uh, and just coming out so you think we need to just tolerate this in perpetuity no um i mean if by tolerate you mean let them let them grow yes but if if by tolerate you mean don't teach and try to again uh question assumptions and get them to develop thought and discernment then no i mean not tolerate it in that way just keep you know it's not in other words the issue is not per se off limits but taking that as an issue just like any other issue here's what i want you to wear here's what i want you to listen to here's how often Mm -hmm. i want you to be here every week and here's how i want you to cut your hair and here's what i how i want you to give money and here's what i want you know we don't draw a fine point on all of that um and yet we want them to grow. We want them to choose right entertainment. We want them to reflect Christ in, in their attitude and in their apparel and in their entertainment choices and in all that stuff like that. Uh, we want them to develop a thinking in that. Um, and yet that is a slow uh, process. In fact, uh, you know, my, my senior pastor, of course, your sending pastor, has talked about, uh, and I feel like we have a unique church here. I love our church. Um, but it's probably not typical to what uh, a lot of people, uh, you know, or a lot of pastors would want or or think that they should see. Mm-hmm. But you have right. a little bit more independence in the thinking, and so things may not always look like you think they should look if everybody were in lockstep and everybody just you know listened to the pastor and did it. But the point is, you're getting the ship pointed in the right direction, uh, you know. And he says, you, you may not get it, you may not get it to port but you're pointing it in the right direction. And and, it, and you may not get it to port, so to say. You may not get all the sheep where you want them, even in your entire ministry, but you've headed them in the right direction. Um, and it's not, if they never make that right decision, if you will, if there's a right and wrong, which I think there is, but say they never make the right wise choice about masks. Are you a failure? No. Does it mean they didn't grow? No. It just, you know. It's that issue. We'd like to see it change it, but it doesn't mean that we're tolerating it. It just means that we're still mm-hmm. trying to feed them uh, in every way possible that we can as a pastor and challenge their thinking uh, with just being careful to say, where, where, does my, where am I overstepping my bounds as a pastor? Now, as a friend, you might have the opportunity, if they're one of those, if you feel like you've got a connection with them and they're open and you get into the discussion, um, you know, we, 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 we sat down in our living room and one of our, one of our deacons and his wives, we got to talking about masks. Well, I told my perspective and they, they kind of, you know, said, said what they thought or what, you know, and so in a, in an, in an individual conversation like that, you might be able to say, you know, what's really bothered me is that 
Um, you know, so many people seem to wear it without thinking because this and this and this and this. Now, you're not necessarily labeling them. You're just saying, you know, it's really bothered me to see that in so many people. And I just wish they'd understand that there's this information out there and that they need to be analyzing what they're seeing. And even nowadays, this and this, and you're maybe getting them to think, oh, wow, really? I didn't know that. Hmm, that's interesting. It may not take place from the pulpit, but the feeding ministry doesn't just take place from the pulpit. Um, mm -hmm. you know, sure. it, it takes place by, by a bedside in a hospital or, uh, uh, you know, in the living room as you visit them in their home or whatever. Um, so yeah, uh, anyway, I guess I just kind of view this issue as a very forward facing issue, not of separateness, but like we talked about psychosis, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, and it's a disconnect from reality. And that's why I don't think it's the same as, you know, preaching on, you know, clothing or music or whatever like that. This seems to me a growth stunting issue. Like I think someone who has different standards of music or apparel, they could grow in other ways as a Christian before they get to those issues. Mm -hmm. But I feel like someone whose mind is not discerning and they're separated from reality at this point, um, I, I, I feel like that's just a growth stunter. And I feel like until they deal with that issue of their relationship with reality, I don't think they're going to grow in many other ways. Uh, to me, at least from my anecdotal experience dealing with the people that I deal with here, I feel like it's a growth stunting issue. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, I'd be curious to hear if other pastors have had a similar mm -hmm. observation that it just seems like people will not grow additionally in any other way until they get over that issue. Until they start seeing things in accordance with reality. Hmm. Well, and there, yeah, maybe ways to say, you know to make an appeal, and again, sort of touch the issue without like just busting it head on, but just to say, you know, I've been concerned as a pastor in the last couple of years that people seem to let uh, issues like say masks or or quarantine, you know, our, our thoughts about COVID come between our relationship and. And to realize that I'm your pastor, I look out for you, I'm, I'm aware of these things. And, and furthermore, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. in the medical field, I, I read and I know these things. And yet I feel that this could, you know, stymie people's growth, this could separate yeah. even a, a, a pastor-sheep relationship. And that burdens me to say something like that. You know, you're not saying, now, if you yeah. wear a mask, you're the problem. No, it's but to say, no, you're, you're addressing the issue that there is an issue here. Um, well, I feel like it would be true of any issue where there's a disconnect from reality. Mm -hmm. Like even if it wasn't masks, if it was something else where someone is seeing a completely different reality, um, I think that's going to be a growth stunting issue, no matter what it is. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm not saying that everyone that wears a mask is subject to this psychosis, this mass formation psychosis. Um, I think some are and some are not. Some are wearing it intentionally with thought and and they're really you know, uh, thinking through some things and they wear it in a specific set of circumstances. That's, Others that's just wear good... it as a token. Mm -hmm. It's a talisman. It's, it's a security blanket for some people. And, and to me, it's, it's those people that are divorced from reality. And I think until they get in, in line with reality, they're not going to grow spiritually anymore. That's my personal feeling on it. That's interesting. Uh, I know we need to draw it to a close because this is a longer episode that we've had going on here. But to ask a question, would you say then that there are some people who might be wearing masks uh, who actually are putting thought into it? Maybe not the thought you wish they were, or they're not getting the information mm -hmm. you thought they were getting. And it's not just because they have some, uh, you know, some serious comorbidities and they really feel like it'll help them. But it's not just like, well, they said, put it on. I'm going to put it on. Well, Walmart right. won't let me go in there without putting it on. But they've actually put some thought that, well, I think, you know, I think this would be, it, maybe they're coming to a yeah. wrong conclusion, but I think this would be respectful, or I think this probably yeah. is safe. And so at least they're thinking, and, sure. and in, that, in that vein, they can at least step forward and eventually maybe come to a better conclusion. Yeah, well, I th yeah, I think there are thinking people who are wearing masks. And I think in that case, it's not psychosis that's the issue. Mm -hmm. It's not paranoia that's the issue. It's just that they don't know how to interpret statistical data. Okay, so I mean, there is a distinction you know, there. And that's important because yeah. the way we've been talking to it up to this point maybe sounds different, but that's good to say there are thinking people who wear the masks. They just, again, mm -hmm. don't know how to interpret or they have the wrong data. Yeah, applied statistics should probably be required learning for every high school student. <laughs> so, so, but that that's important to note there uh, that distinction of what we're talking about. Um, 
Yeah. It's just more, you're talking about just the people who are just doing it because the massive pressure without really analyzing much of anything except, yeah. oh, they, they said it's dangerous and I, okay, okay, uh, without thought. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, if you've got yeah. a thought on this and uh, you want to vent to us and uh, tell us how we are uh, spreading infection and killing our, oh, no, just kidding. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get uh, suppressed by uh, social media for misinformation. Yeah, right. <laughs> so <clears throat> anyway, if you have some, some thoughts on this again, or any other question that's coming to mind, it, obviously COVID has sort of reigned in the last two years, but you know, there's, there's a hundred, you know, a thousand other issues in your life. And you're just thinking, what about this? What about that? And if you want to bounce it off us and let us, uh, uh, you know, reason through it together uh, on, on air, if you will, then uh, reason together podcast at gmail.com reason together podcast at gmail.com. Well, thank you once again for being with us on this episode. We are encouraging balance, developing perspective and connecting faith to practice. This is reason together. Mm -hmm.